Hello, and welcome to this edition of Wait a Week Mystery. I'm your host and author, J.C. Bodden. In this week's podcast, I'll be sharing with you a chapter from my novel, Someone to Watch Over Me. If you like what you hear and can't wait a week for the next installment, Someone to Watch Over Me, as well as the other three books in the Devlin O'Quinn series, is available in both Kindle and paperback format from Amazon. You can check out my website, jcbodden.com, for more information and the link to my Amazon page. Now, I won't make you wait any longer. Here we go with episode 129, Someone to Watch Over Me, chapter 29, The Queen of Hearts is Always Your Best Bet, Jenny's Story. The talent show went off without too many hitches. The girls seemed to love it, and everyone had a great time. I helped LaToya with the sound system, and the only serious goof was the tap dancer's music, which we never got to start in the right place. About halfway through the show, I looked around to see if I could see Wagner, still annoyed about the arm-grabbing incident, but I couldn't find him. Daniel was the final act in the show. Marcy had wisely saved her for last because she was the obvious standout winner of the competition. She sang the Eagles' Desperado and sounded so much like the Linda Ronstadt version that I wondered if she was somehow lip-syncing. For a second or two after she finished, there was a complete hush over the crowd, and then everyone erupted in thunderous applause. Marcy jumped onto the stage and hugged her, and then all the other girls in the show joined them. Everyone was smiling and laughing. Someone turned on the overhead lights, and I looked once again for Ragnar. Instead, I saw Joe, standing by the spotlight, smiling at the commotion on the stage. Then he turned and his eyes found mine. If my life was a movie, I swear the moment would have been marked with a crescendo of violins. As it was, I felt a shift inside. It was a primitive, visceral turning, and in the time it took for his slow, shy smile to transform his features, I knew in my head what my heart had been trying to tell me all along. It took a while for things to get cleaned up after the show, but lots of the residents stayed around to help. I was amazed again at Marcy's ability to cheerfully get people to do what she wanted or needed them to do. Joe was busy taking down all the electrical equipment and packing it all up to take back to the theater department, but I kept watching him out of the corner of my eye, captivated by the graceful athleticism of his motions. I could hardly wait to talk to him, to look into those amazing eyes, to watch that slow, sweet smile. I forgot all about Wagner, the stalker, Amy, everything but Joe. He had one last trip to the van to carry the extension cords and microphone stand out, and I held the door for him. I knew I was grinning like a complete fool, but I didn't care. My mind was full of things I wanted to say. At the threshold, he stopped and backpedaled into the lobby. Dad followed him. Hey, Daddy, this is a surprise. I kissed him on the cheek. Dad absentmindedly returned the kiss as he looked around the lobby and at Joe, still holding the equipment. What's going on? We had a dorm talent show tonight. Eight different acts and one girl, Dana, who was really good. She's going to be our entry in the campus-wide talent show for homecoming. And I won't be at all surprised if she wins. I stopped. Dad had an awful look on his face. What's wrong? Jenny. His voice was low and he took my hand. We need to talk. I've got some bad news. It's not Tilly or Mickey, is it? I glanced worriedly at Joe, still standing behind him in the doorway, his head politely turned so as not to intrude on our conversation. No, honey, they're fine. This is about something else. Is there some place we can talk? In private? Let's go up to my apartment. It'll be quiet up there. I waved at Joe to get his attention. Excuse us for a bit, will you, Joe? Joe nodded and started to step behind Dad out the door. But he put out his hand to stop him. Joe might as well hear this too, he said to me. 
I tried to read the look on his face. He smiled grimly and nodded his head slightly. I looked at Joe. He wants to talk to both of us. Joe nodded and set the cords in the microphone stand down against the wall. The three of us made our way across the lobby, Dad still holding my hand and leading the way. When we reached the top of the stairs, he turned to me. Where's Officer Wagner? Isn't he supposed to be on duty tonight? His look made me squirm. Um, yeah, he's around here somewhere. I saw him earlier. I glanced at Joe, but his eyes were averted. Inside my apartment, Dad motioned toward the couch. Sit down, he said, his voice solemn. I nervously wiped my hands on my jeans, glad that Joe was with me. You remember Amy Patterson? Dad asked as he stood in front of us, his fists on his hips. The girl who was attacked? I looked at Joe and then back at Dad. What's wrong? Honey, there's no easy way to tell you this. Dad ran his hand th through his hair. She died earlier this evening. What? No, it can't be. I'm sorry, sweetie. I just got a call from the hospital. The doctors don't know what happened. They thought she was going to be well enough to discharge tomorrow. But when the nurse went to check on her tonight after shift change, her heart had stopped. They couldn't get it started again. But Dad, the doctor said she was going to be okay. I just went and saw her a couple of days ago. She was fine then, just fine. I buried my face in my hands and tried to catch my breath. I'm sorry, Detective O'Quinn. I'm not sure I understand, Joe stammered. What's wrong? Dad sat down on the coffee table in front of us and took my hands in his as I cried. He leaned in close and spoke quietly and slowly to Joe. Amy Patterson, the young lady y'all saved at the library, she's dead. Joe's Story After Jenny left, Bob clapped Joe on the back. Y'all did a good job on those doors at Willow Hall. What's that? Joe asked. Willow Hall, the doors y'all installed yesterday? Yeah. They already got a workout. Mark walked up. I heard some chick was sneaking her boyfriend out in the middle of the night. Alarms went off. The fire department came. Everything worked just like it was supposed to. Joe, of course, had slept through it all. Really? Last night? Yeah, last night. Hey, that wasn't you over at Willow Hall, was it, Joe? Me? No, why? That little redhead seemed kind of sweet on you, Mark teased. Bob picked up Mark's tone. The same redhead that was here asking you to help them out with their talent show? She was here talking to this guy? Mark elbowed Joe in the ribs. You sure it wasn't you visiting the dorm last night when you shouldn't have been? The two men laughed roughly, but Joe stared at them darkly. Hey, come on, man. We're just having a little fun, Mark said. Lighten up. It's just that. Okay, man, I get it. She's nice. It's cool. It's not that, Joe responded defensively. She's the one that someone's been stalking. Oh, wow. I had no idea. Did you know that, man? Mark looked at the supervisor, who shook his head. You mean the one whose name got painted all over those doors? God, I hope they catch that bastard soon. Yeah, me too, Joe answered. Me too. That concludes this week's chapter of Someone to Watch Over Me. Thanks for listening. To find out what happens next, please come back for the next episode of Wait a Week Mystery or visit jcbodden.com to order the book. Either way, I hope your wait is a happy one.